Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. George. No, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I'm there yet. Come on, buddy. We're going to do an episode about a game. Come on. Okay. We played Gauntlet. We did play Gauntlet. The original, well, so the original, but not the original original. It's a port of the original on the Nintendo. If I remember correctly, the original was a piece of metal that you wore on your hand. And right. That's right. So yes. Not that one. Not that one. In fact, uh, and if we really want to permanently date this episode, not the Infinity Gauntlet, which no Whoa. one's going to care about in six months, even though they're pretending it's the biggest movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we played the uh, the NES version of it, which, um, you know, was uh, it, it, it was a thing. So, you know, what what was your thing relationship to this thing? So. <laughs> Why? Why do you bother with podcasting when you are clearly meant to be a writer? Dude, <laughs> I, I am a, I am a smither of words, <laughs> a, a, a Smithsonian of words. So, <laughs> uh, this is one of those games that I have super clear memories of playing it, and not of the surrounding context, which mm. led me to like kind of Sherlocking how I must have played this game. So I am highly confident that I did not own this game. And I am highly confident that I did not rent this game. So that means I played it at a friend's house. So then that sends me down the list of like, well, it definitely wasn't this friend because this sort of thing was super not their jam. And it was definitely not this friend because they only had a Genesis and this was a Nintendo game, right? It was like trying to, you know, find the statue in the marble by chiseling away everything that was not the statue. (laughs) Uh, So I couldn't arrive at a definitive answer, but I'm fairly fairly sure that it was my cousin that had this because one of my my second cousins really one of my cousins had a pretty robust classic game collection because they were quite a bit older than me uh so i'm going to say i played this with my cousin stacy neat um you see that's 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 what you get for having an extended family man because like if somebody said you played this with your family members i was like I I did not. <laughs> I, I did no such thing. <laughs> Stick to your foul lies. If I if I did and I played it with like my father or yeah. nope, that's yeah. about well, you make it, it. You make it sound like either something horribly tragic happened to your extended family or you were grown in a vat. Uh, I'm not actually legally allowed to <laughs> go into that in detail. I, you you remember though? I can say one. I can throw up one hint. Okay. Remember the character Envy from Full Metal Brotherhood? I do. Anywho. Anyway. So, no, my nostalgia <laughs> experience for this was, um, I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, which is I don't really, I, so I don't remember, this, this game was the opposite of another game that we played where I plugged it in and I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, I played this a little bit. Oh, my God, I played this forever. You know, this was the opposite where I was like, yeah, no, I, I'm gone like, man, it's just, it's classic. You know, I've obviously I played it a lot. You know, I plugged in, I was like, I did not play this as much as I <laughs> remember 
playing it. And honestly, I think it's just because some of the um, visuals are so distinct, but I, I think mostly it's the, the gameplay is so obvious. I mean, it's D and D, you know, oh, yeah. like the, yeah. the aesthetic is, is, is Dungeons and Dragons. So I think just the amount that I play Dungeons and Dragons now, I just proportionally increase the amount <laughs> I played this game in my mind. And that's not true at all. So it's all, all D and D related media just gets a boost. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when, when people started going nuts about Lord of the Rings and I was just kind of like, Oh yeah, you know, like Lord of the Rings. So I went back and like read one of the books and I was just kind of like, well, this is, it's just D and D man. This is old hat. Like this has been done, you know? And then people are like, well, no, he did it first. I was like, ah, okay. So that makes sense. And then like later on people are like, Oh, so you're a big fan of Lord of the Rings. I'm like, Oh yeah, dude, I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I, <laughs> well, actually I've never read the books and I've only seen the movies like once. But to play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, that's like similar. <laughs> but I have this right? other super nerdy thing you can possibly take my lunch money over if that's <laughs> your thing. No, I, Lord of the, an aside already, uh, Lord of the Rings is one of the few uh, book adaptation phenomena that was so successful that if you just say, well, I never read the books, but I really love the movies, there's a good chance that the person on the receiving end of that comment would go, Oh no, I've never read the books. I just, I also just really love the movies, right? Like it's, it's not like the Harry Potter purists who are like, Oh, you've never read the books. What's wrong with you? Can't you read? But like Lord of the Rings does not suffer that. Most people are like, yeah, I got halfway into the first book and there were a lot of songs. So I stopped. (laughs) Well, and also too, another thing that you can always just say to kind of, you know, weed people out is when they're just kind of like, Oh, you into Lord of the Rings? You're like, Oh yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. I watched the movies. I mean, I never read like the Cimmerillion or anything. And if you just throw (laughs) that out there, that like precludes further talk about because you haven't said that you also haven't read any of the base books. Yeah, but it does it it implies a level of knowledge that you don't really actually. Have. Yeah, no, that is hardcore a lie through indirection or through misdirection because oh, it's just like look over there where something unrelated will distract you from the task at hand. <laughs> but yeah, so that that was my my experience. But um, but yeah, speaking of visuals, this this game definitely had visuals. It okay, so this is uh, like a lot of early NES games, maybe even most early NES games. If we ever checked the the ratio on that, um, it it was an arcade port. It was also an Atari game, right? This game was literally made by Atari, um, and and that's not a good or bad thing. But uh, as we will discuss in the visuals, and then very much, I have thoughts about the mechanics. Um, oh yes, there there's. Uh, it's very, you know, Atari style graphics, um, very, uh, lots of solid color. Uh, Atari was never big on like dark outlines or anything like that. So there's not, um, cartoony style outlines, like things they were, they were going for a, you know, cover of a, of a forgotten realms or a, you know, the monster manual style of artwork, right. Very fantasy, fantastical. Um, and, and for the time it looks actually pretty good right like there's there's a bunch of different enemy types uh the different tile types and tokens even though there's a very clear extremely clear grid like you're looking at a a board game map um it's still like it's varied the colors are good um there was only a couple times where i felt like i was kind of lost in like there wasn't enough differentiation in the colors. Like things usually popped enough. And the fact that you are always dead center in the screen helped. Cause I was like, Oh, there, mm-hmm. there I am right in the middle where I always am. And the world kind of moves around you. Like it only when you're near the extreme edges, does the, 
the map up here to kind of stay still. Um, so th mm -hmm. there's, you know, like they're, they're good. Like if, I feel like I'm trying to grasp at straws here, but it, I'm not like <laughs> they're actually pretty pleasant. Yeah, no, I think that they, they set out what they, they, they need to, they need to do. So as far as visuals for the sake of visuals, yeah, man, I thought that they were, you know, they were, they were, they were definitely serviceable, especially considering what it was that they were trying to do. I thought that they did a good thing um, that we've talked about a number of times on the show, which is um, they, they do a good job leveraging the time that they have when you are in like a character select screen. Like, I guess the, the difference would be for modern day would be the difference between like pre-rendered cutscene versus gameplay, you know? Mm. So for example, on the character select screen, they, they take the time to have like these like awesome kind of looking character models and then when it comes time to do the gameplay, it's just this very simplified top-down token, as you've coined, um, view, right? But you naturally then you have if, – if all you had was a token view, it would just be like, oh, well, I'm the warrior token, whatever. But because they gave you a picture, you now have something to like visually place on that, and it gives you enough negative space to do that. So I think that as far as visuals for the sake of visuals, they did that very well. One, <laughs> not an exception. Because, I mean, as far as, again, you know, like it, the, the visuals were very uh, nice. Yeah, no, th this is an exception. <laughs> so can we talk about the Valkyrie's clothing? Do we want to? Oh, I mean, talk about it, it, I mean we, we had the same exact same complaint when we talked about uh, Golden Axe. And yeah. uh, if we ever play another game from this era or from a person who is of this era, there's a good chance they're going to be in. Uh, oh, God. What's is it? Um. It's like a ch chain bikini, or yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. There's a word for it. Bikini plate. No, there's absolutely a word for this. Like, yeah, there, there's totally a term for like the obviously drawn by a 15 year old boy style like girl armor. Um, right. Armor. Uh, yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, it, it's metal undergarments. Yeah. I. I don't want to. I'm. I am in no way excusing them by saying like, well, it was a different era because it's not like it was 200 years ago. It was. Well, it was 20 years ago. And worse though is and, and kind of the the brief and I'll I'll put my my soapbox away. Um. What is that? I, I wish that we could say that this is a product of a different era, but we still run into it today. You know, and that's kind of about less yeah. so like well, well I, less so by virtue of the fact that we have counterexamples before like that was the thing yes is you know yeah it's not like, it's not that no improvement has happened but it sure does not seem like enough and no it, it uh, yeah it, i still shouldn't be able to you know take a bunch of games throw them up in the air let them all hit the ground and be like uh and then randomly point and have a greater than 60 percent chance of pointing to this problem all that being said i Sorry, I think the word is actually boob plate. <laughs> well, be, there's a specific reason because uh, real plate mail armor, um, if it wrapped around your breasts like that, would actually make your breasts a weak spot because that shape is not very structural. <laughs> Whereas yeah. real plate mail armor comes to like a small kind of point in the front, which makes it super sturdy and directs force away from your torso where all your organs and life is. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, th I think boob plate is the derisive name for that kind of style of art. Yeah, yeah, hu huge, huge bummer on that one. Yeah, um, super, but, super bummer. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, so you know, I, I did notice that, and I, I kind of wrote down a note of, like, yeah, this is, like I said, like, I, I look forward to the time when hopefully our, our children can, like, kind of look at that and be like, 
oh yeah, that was this ridiculous thing that is non-existent nowadays, as opposed to that's this ridiculous thing that used to be ubiquitous and now is no longer ubiquitous, but yeah. is, is, well, is, and, is and and this exactly like Golden Axe and exactly like a thousand other pulp novels and comic books and movies and other things from this time, the guy is obviously conan the barbarian right like loincloth super jacked otherwise naked for no discernible reason like and and that's a a powerful stereotype so like i get why that one is not derided the same way but in terms of like the rendering and stuff like that's all solid and i think you make a really good point about um the uh like projection from the character select screen like if you don't do it there, it's not going to happen anywhere else in the game. So it's like, this is what this wizard looks like. Now here's a white circle. That's his long hair and a blue line for a robe. Right. <laughs> like now, now yeah. Remember the, you don't even see the eyes cause top down. It's like, remember, yeah. remember what the wizard looked like. Cause that's the last time you're going to see him. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, like you said, like a, an important, a, important thing to, to do. One other thing for um, visuals for the sake of visuals is, um, just uh and another thing like that again all of this is products of the era but you know the whole thing is like well does it does it hold up um is uh is the semi seizure inducing title screen that color roll that it does for gauntlet the word gauntlet well i mean computationally that was probably a really neat effect at the time oh yeah definitely but again you know it's just and and we've seen a lot of older games that do this so you know definitely not like it's like oh this game is the worst for doing it but just another thing that i i feel the need to call attention to is where it's like games have again relatively recently been a lot more focused on or or, or about that type of thing where it's like this this can cause seizures you know so we shouldn't use this effect for funsies like i think uh, legend of zelda 2 yeah was the death death screen where we're just like (laughs) Dude, I don't have epilepsy and I feel like I'm about to have a seizure. And and this was not that. This was way toned down by comparison. But like I saw that thing scrolling and my brain just said, like, you don't need this much overwhelming sensory information. And again, it's just, you know, like nobody really thought about it until, you know, I think until Pokemon and then people started seizing left and right. And then Yeah, it was know, P- like, Pikachu's little this. cheek things like flashed constantly. Um, well, yeah. and the, the thing is, we were less aware of this with modern gaming, but I guarantee you. That gauntlet splash screen with the the scrolling color, like some designer or developer or artist or honestly at this time in history, probably one person who did all those jobs was like, oh man, this is going to be awesome because it's going to show off the, you know, the beautiful rendering we can do on the Nintendo Entertainment System hardware and it's going to blow people's minds because they're going to be used to seeing that stuff on an arcade cabinet, but they're going to see this beautiful color animation on their home console and it's going to be awesome. And and I totally get that because 20, 30, 40 years from now, when people play games that were made in the 2000s, they're going to be like, why are there so many close-ups on friggin' eyebrows and knuckles? <laughs> like, why am I looking at everybody's eyebrows and knuckles? And people in our generation are going to be like, well, I mean, it was really hard to render realistic eyebrows at that time in history. And the animators wanted you to see their you know. hyper-realistic eyebrows, right? And it's going to sound just as stupid then when hyper-realistic eyebrows are a foregone conclusion as it does for us to be like, yes, we get it. There are colors. Your game has colors. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> do, do we know? Or I think another great example would be, um, you know, both 
original Ocarina of Time and Final Fantasy VII, where it's just kind of like, there are three dimensions. <laughs> Whoa! And now you go back and you look at that and you're like, why were these like cutscenes or whatever you know, like so focused on? This is not. It's like, well, because it was. I mean, it was 3D, so that was all you needed was that one extra dimension, and you know, that was it. Totally. And I've become hypersensitive to uh, camera shots in movies that are obviously only there because that movie was released in 3D. I'm like, oh, look at the awkward way the camera just swept through this crowd that looks incredibly stupid and pointless. But I'll bet if I had 3D glasses on, it would have felt stupid, except I'd have glasses on. Like, And you'd have a headache. But <laughs> it would look... I'm luckily uh, not one of those people, very, very oh. fortunately. Um, but th- this is... it. If you're aware of it when it's happening, then it's a little easier to deal with it over time. But the the graphics in Gauntlet are very of their time and there's a lot of good that comes with that because Atari uh, made some good decisions about like not hyper outlining everything because they had such small sprites to work with and not uh, relying too much on the player sort of memorizing where they were on the screen, right? Like there's usually pretty good color contrast and the camera works well so that you know where you are. Like there's, there's pretty good decisions made there that help these graphics age well, but Mm -hmm. personally I prefer the early, Nintendo Sega style of like console specific graphics, the Atari style and arcade earlier arcade style just never appealed to me. So I've always felt like these didn't age as well, but I know that that's very much like it's just my personal taste. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, and overall I think, you know, like, like you said, I think that visuals for the sake of gameplay, everything that you listed, I think is, is an exemplar for, you know, like, yes, those, those, I think, you know, again with with what little they had to work with i think they did a very very good job with that um the one other um note that i have for for visuals for the sake of visuals <laughs> was because you know i mean it's and again you know like we, we like to have fun here o- overall i think with what they had to work with i think that they did they did a good job but it's just fun to poke fun at it's you know for me it's fun to poke fun at some of the things that like you said were just ubiquitous at the time and it's just kind of like yeah it should probably still get mentioned but um <laughs> one of the ones that they did where I was just kind of like, what, what, okay, so, so within the first few stages, you have, you know, like the ghosties and the, the, the robber, whatever, the o- ogres, ogres, are they like ogres? Yeah. Let's say ogres. I thought, I thought, yeah, ogres, that's fine. Um, and then you've also got those weird red crab, frog, what are those? Mm, crab frogs. Crab frogs. <laughs> so here's the thing about the crab frogs. It's one they shoot stuff at you, and that's that's a huge pain in the butt. Um, but also, too, like, I, the first time I saw them, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're like little, like, poison frog things. And then they turn, like, face down at you, and they've got these, like, weird, elongated, like, sea pig-like legs. And mm. and I don't know, like, I saw that, and I was like, what the, what, what the, what the, what is that? <laughs> and, and at first, I was just kind of like, oh, man, you know, that was just whatever that is. It was not rendered well and also i was like this is a fantasy game it could literally be anything and if their goal was for me to fear and respect it i did that immediately because it started wailing on me with its ranged attack which i had not <laughs> dealt with up until then and i was like yeah this actually this this kind of worked i'm kind of okay with it i'm very okay with it i i am now i am now one with the crop crab frogs 
Yeah, th- this is a good point about early fantasy games because they weren't trying to replicate reality. Sometimes very much not trying to replicate reality. So yeah. if it's like, oh, what's that giant blob thing that kills you? And it's like, well, it's a giant blob thing that kills you. Like that's, you now have all of the necessary information and anything additional would just be icing. Like, yeah. whereas if you're, so- if you're trying to render something realistically, you kind of can't stop it just necessary information without people ripping on you harder so i i don't know what those things were supposed to be but crab frogs is a perfectly satisfying answer yeah and and the thing is is all you need to know is that it's a, a powerful mob that gets you i mean like it's kind of like why slimes were so you know popular back in the day because it's like what is it it's like it is a discreet colored tile like that's yeah. And it hurts you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what, what is it? It's a slime. Just eat it. Like, whatever. You know. <laughs> um, as, as far as kind of how they serve gameplay, um, I, I okay. So the exit door, um, mm-hmm. I why is it a giant white block that says exit in red letters? Like, like would be written in a grocery store. Like. I, I like I feel bad being pissy about this, but like it it bugs me, dude. It bugs me. Like why <laughs> why is it like that? Because all of the other tiles are fairly thoughtful. Like there's the monster generator tile, which is like mm-hmm. kind of looks like a thing, and they all come out of it, so it's pretty obvious that like that's where they're coming from. And then like later, there's like skull and crossbones on it, and like a big like skull thing, so you know like oh, it's like a well defended generator and i gotta like hurt it more right but the exit tile is just like it feels out of place is really what my complaint is is that to have the giant word exit in english on a stark white tile when nothing else is even approaching that color feels out of place and i i just it just bugged me it bugged me on every single level so that's interesting um i'm trying to think now though with the resources that they had what would be a better option that clearly denotes this is an exit a door, you know? Yeah. I'm just wondering. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely immersion breaking, but I'm wondering like it, a, a, how well they could render a door that it would clearly be a door, you know? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, especially compared to because what, what I'm thinking is, is that like when you've got, you know, like you said, like they've got the little ogre spawning tiles, which are just brown and then sometimes brown with like a skull on it or several skulls on it. And so it's like, OK, well, you know, all of that. But then if I saw another like brown ish tile or even like grayish, tile, I would I, I would think that maybe I would assume it was like another monster generator and I might take a few swipes at it before. And also, too, like, even if I saw that from what I'm thinking, too, is if I saw that from like across the area, I wouldn't maybe try to get there because I would assume it was, you know, another bad thing. So I'd go everywhere else first and then be like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. You know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, that is reasonable. Like, part of me just wants to be like, shut up, you'd figure it out. But (laughs) like, like it's, it's hard. It's hard to argue with the clarity of a solid white square that says exit on it in red letters but it just it and and not only is it visually sort of out of place which feels a little video gamey but then when you touch it you don't go through it like a door you You spin and it makes a very distinct like exit noise that i don't think it makes anywhere else in the game so Mm -hmm. 
like even the animation that goes with it. I'm like, well, I don't know what a gaping white portal that says exit in it <laughs> should behave like, but I guess this is how it behaves. It makes me spin in circles super fast. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fine, but it's one of the few things in the visuals that I was just like, why when they seem to have been very thoughtful about like the way treasure looks and the way the enemies look and the way the generator looks and how they communicate to you that a generator is going to take more shots than a different generator by like layering skulls on it. Like to just have a solid white square that is exactly right. one tile wide. I was just like, eh, this bugs me. And it, it's one of those things where I was like, as I was kind of going over my notes, I was like, I'm going to have to complain about this. Cause like, it, <laughs> it's not just like we'd got to have something to complain about. Like it genuinely irritated me and, and not in a game breaking way, but in a like, Oh, like that. Oh, game that's too bad. Break. Like if it wasn't for this, I might not have anything bad to say about the visuals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, like to me, the, the only thing that I'm trying to think of, cause I, I do agree that it is, it is very video gamey, you know? And, and, and if this showed up in like a, a SNES game, I'd be like, or even like a proper, you know, Nintendo like yeah, like a first like later, party Nintendo game. Yeah, yeah. like at the I'd, I'd agree. You know, if this was in in like you know Super Mario Brothers three, you know, where like everything is super well thought out because it's obviously a play and they're all players in a play. And oh my god! But anyways, it's all, <laughs> it's all super well thought out, right? Um, but you know, if all of a sudden there was just something this kind of video gamey, I'd be like, well, eh, eh. but um. But yeah, I think that to me, the biggest concern would be like seeing it from across the room and not immediately knowing that that's my objective. And and we'll touch on this more later is that I think it's very important that you immediately know your objective when you see it, because your health is also a timer. So it's not like like exploration is weirdly incentivized in this game, you know? Yeah. So so if you were to like because if, if they didn't do that right if if ex exploration was incentivized i'd be like yeah no because in worst case scenario you you know say like whatever i don't think that's where i'm supposed to go and you go explore the rest of the place but then that could easily cost you a huge chunk of health and then yeah, yeah. I, don't, so, I don't know so so let me give you this little tidbit to chew on uh in case you didn't know this this may color a whole lot of your feelings, but by the time we get to mechanics, um, and then I, I will say no more about this mechanic uh, choice. Um, so this was an Atari game, right? That was like on an honest-to-God arcade cabinet. And uh, on the arcade cabinet, this game was like every other arcade game in that it had no ending. And the objective was to just stay along, alive as long as possible and get a higher score. When they brought it to the Nintendo, they were like, oh, you're saving this kingdom. And also there's exactly 100 levels and then seemingly changed nothing else about the mechanics. So we're, we're now going to talk about that when we get to mechanics. But keep in mind that all of the mechanical decisions they made were originally with the goal of we want more of your quarters. Mm -hmm. and And that kind of colors things like do they want you to know exactly where the exits are and what they do and why you would want to find them? Maybe not. But anyway, um, <laughs> do you want to, do you want to move on to audio? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, as, as per usual, I don't, I don't have much for, uh, for audio. Um, so you, please, you have to at least have some notes about, uh, the, the damage noise and the food noise. Cause the, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> 
yeah no because to be fair I, i've got like this weird scrawled note and i was like what what I'm a, so i was just kind of like i hope line starts talking because i gotta figure out what this says what, what is and this so ramblings at, of a madman yeah and and it was like weird got health grown there and that's like <laughs> and literally i puzzled that out like right so you're like you gotta have something to say about the health noise i'm like oh yeah no no i do i do yeah what <laughs> uh, ooh. it's like it's weirdly i i gotta say although i think it's funny sounding um mm-hmm. it's actually like a pretty rich i mean considering the hardware it's coming out of like it's actually a pretty yeah. rich it really sounds like a recording of a guy and i i didn't play the valkyrie very much because i didn't like her mechanics but i know she has a a more uh, you know, kind of higher pitched sounding thing, but the the three male characters all have the same like ah, oh. and it, it really yeah. sounds like a recording. It it's kind of impressive, and then it's hilarious. Yeah, no, a, a part of me wants to basically say the obvious, and you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just going <laughs> just to. Go, go ahead. It sounds like they're <laughs> because if I keep saying it, sounds like they're. <laughs> You're going to have to bleep me over, and you might as well use the noise that they make when they get the food. So Proud of yourself? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super, super proud of myself right now. <laughs> but uh, no, this is true. Yeah, no. So, so to be fair, too, again, like, like we, we, we all like to have fun here. But uh, as, as, as hilarious, and it is, to make fun of this, uh, and I'm not going to stop, um, it it does actually not only like you said it's a very rich sound especially when you're used to you know like in donkey kong mario's perpetual running noise which i know you love i literally have a note in here that says uh, at least there's no walking noise <laughs> <laughs> so you know in 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 that kind of sound it is a very like rich tone and on top of that you know in a game where the visuals need every aid that they can get, like when I walked over that, because, you know, treasure is treasure. That's obvious, right? A giant pot is a giant pot, you know? But the food, you know, it, it could be something. Yeah, but when you walk over it and they go, pixels. yeah, when you walk over it and they go, mm, like that, you know, you're just kind of <laughs> like, well, that was probably a good thing, I think, you know? Like, so, but you, you, it's it's clearly like a positive noise. Like you did not, the character did not get hurt. You know, it it's um, also a unique noise, and that's something that I think they did well throughout. Is only treasure makes the treasure noise. Only getting hurt makes the getting hurt noise. Only food makes the food noise. And there are so few sound effects that they can make them really distinct. And like there's in some of the later stages, there's like a little portal thing that makes a little portal noise and the exit has a very distinctive exit noise. So I don't think there's really anything else in the register of the like, mm. right? Like mm. it's kind of on its own in terms of how like low pitched it is and you don't encounter a lot of food. So it's, you know, something happened that hasn't happened any other time. And if you notice your health meter timer thing, you know, shoot back up and it's like, oh, that was food or health or it was good. Yeah, it, it was a good thing. A good thing happened, not a bad thing, which is, again, you know, something that is very important to telegraph, you know, to say like, hey, and, and like I said, you know, like when, when you walk over treasure, it's it, 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 um, well, actually, you know, let's just say if you walked over treasure and it made the you got hurt noise, you would think twice about like what what just happened you know even though the visual is clearly a treasure chest if you walked over it and it's like that uh, you know noise you'd be like what 
wait, what? Yeah, because then you're like, oh, is some treasure good, but other treasures bad? Like, it, yeah, it'd right. be super confusing. Yeah, but but that's the thing though, is that you know, so because the visuals are reinforced by the the sound, it um it, it kind of lowers that kind of cognitive load on your on your visuals you know so that way it's like well you know these two things are agreeing with one another so i think this is good it is good noted moving on which is which is kind of nice yeah and and you hear the exit noise obviously in like direct ratio to how well you're doing right (laughs) because if you're not doing well you don't hear the exit noise a lot um but the treasure noise you hear kind of on and off but then there are treasure rooms where you hear it a crap ton and i honestly wonder if the treasure noise it's it's kind of like a it, i think it's supposed to sound like coins clinking like you're dropping like gold into your satchel or something like that and if you go into the treasure room where there's just treasure everywhere and you are able to run over multiple treasure chests within super quick succession that noise actually still sounds kind of like you'd expect like the the picking up one treasure sounds like i drop three coins into my satchel but if you run over three treasure spots it sounds like you dropped nine coins because it actually loops really well and Mm. it's i mean it's possible that it's an accident but i don't think it is like i really think they built the treasure rooms and then kind of were like, okay, we need to make sure that the noise that it makes as you run around this treasure room and there's no other sound effect other than you picking up treasure because the treasure rooms have no monsters. So there's just music and treasure noise. And that needs to not make you want to kill yourself. It should feel good. You should be like excited that you're like getting all this treasure and, and, and they freaking nailed it. Like it actually is like really good, especially considering the hardware, the time, and that when that noise was originally designed, the audience they were probably expecting was in an arcade, like a noisy, all kinds right. of crap going on around you arcade. So it's like, you know, for every, like, at least you get like a nice treasure noise and a treasure room, like, you know, it's, it's give and take. Well, and one of the other things that it it does um, is, you know, like, like that we've discussed before is that, you know, the, the food noise, which you, you know, don't get, get a whole lot of, which I wish I'd gotten to hear more of it. Um, <laughs> you, you know, the, um, the getting hurt noise, the hurting things noise, all of them, none of them were super annoying, which is good because you hear them a lot, you know? And so unlike, you know, other noises where we've just like Mario's running noise and Donkey Kong or the swimming noise that occurs in every water level ever that you have to make a million times, you know, it, it wasn't the, it noises that you were going to hear a million times were not grating, which is, you know, nice. And as we've seen, not always true or the case, you know? Yeah. And with the music, uh, the same kind of phenomenon is happening, but unfortunately, uh, sound effects are held to a different standard than music, which is uh, the music is really good. It's actually, it's they're catchy little tunes. And more importantly, they seem to have been very thoughtful about making the music uh, not collide with the register that the sound effects are in. Because if there was any ducking where like it had to drop out the music to make a sound effect happen, 
it's either incredibly minor or maybe just not existent. I, I I actually had a note that I did not notice that at all. Yes, I I, you know? I did not notice it at all. And to be fair, like I got nowhere close to the end of the game, but I, <laughs> I, yeah, no, me either. Yeah, at at no point was I like, oh, when I'm fighting this monster, I can't hear the damn music. Um, the flip side of that is there's only like three melodies, and this game has literally 100 levels. So you just hear those three melodies on repeat forever. Yeah, I thought I thought it was particularly weird though the the one song that they put later on that was the David Pumpkin song. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's its own thing. Yeah, I mean, it, the nice thing though with it, they did get the skeletons in because they are a part of it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how how yeah. how is that becoming a thing? Anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, that that was, um, and I, I know I've made this specific complaint before, like the music was good. I wish there was more of it, but, um, music is hard because it takes up a lot of space on a tiny little cartridge and in a game with a hundred level, literally like a hundred levels, you can't write a hundred individual pieces of music. And then it's like, well, we've established that my principle is or my proposal is sound in principle and now we're just haggling over price so at some point one of the composers was like how few songs could we have <laughs> could we have 10 how about five what if there were only two <laughs> you know it's like and and they negotiated it down so that one they didn't have to compose more music than they had to two it's an arcade game so you're not there for the music and three they were never going to get anywhere close to having a unique song for each level. So it's like, do we want to have theme music? Like if the background's green, we'll play the green theme. If the background's red, we'll play the red theme. And it's like, no, we're not going to do that. So you just end up negotiating down and down and down until I think there, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating if I say there are five pieces of music or less, and then you just hear them on repeat ad infinitum. Right. And I mean, to be fair too, they were probably just kind of like, well, you know, even let's just say that there's five, right? So it's like, well, it's going to repeat every five, you know, every five levels. And um, I think most people's sanity is going to give out after 15. So, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be super repetitive. And 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 unless you have anything else on music, I think that that very nicely brings us into gameplay, which is this game's hard, dude. It is hard, but we need to uh, make sure we specifically talk about the controls because... Um, we often, you know, kind of controls and mechanics sort of go in together. And uh, every once in a while, we talk about the controls when they're exceptionally good, but usually it's when they're exceptionally bad. And these controls are not exceptionally bad, but they are exceptionally dated. They're, the fact that, like, if you, like, attack while you're walking, everything's fine. But if you try and turn while you're walking, the game engine literally has no idea how to deal with that and you just come to a stop like the i get it i totally get it that you have to lift your finger off one arrow and press a different arrow and you can't really roll because when you do the roll there's like a frame or more where you're like frozen in time and that makes the game harder i get all that but that is the kind of thing that has aged not at all like that sort of limitation was not because anyone thought it was a good idea. It was entirely a limitation of the hardware at the time and it has not aged well and it's brutal and I hate it. I just I hate it. Like I hate it so much. Like there were so many times where I was like, well, I just lost 500 health because 
I was stupidly trying to, you know, go diagonal or do something that looked like I should have been able to do it in this area, but I couldn't. And it's like, if I was over there, I could have gone diagonal, but over here it's, you know, just up or left. And it's, oh God, it drove me nuts. Like so many deaths were attributed to super dated controls that I'm sure through exposure, I would have re-internalized, but I don't want to because they're terrible. It's dumb. dumb. I don't like it. Yeah, I think like to me, um, it's similar, and this is more so into gameplay than the controls, is um, the fact that, and this is not the the only game to do this by any means, and it's it's very common in older older games. But I don't know, I don't know why. Like in this one, it particularly called out to me, which was you you can only you know attack on the cardinal directions in like forty five degrees, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that with the like slightly clunky controls that you were talking about is there were so many times where I would be firing and be like off by like a hair yeah. from my target, you know? And so then I'd have to like completely readjust and that like walking, you know, one half pixel down a half pixel over and then re angling and firing. And it was like, well, I just, I, I am now cut to ribbons and, bleeding on the floor because you know i was just off by a hair's breadth and in a game that is punishing like this one is um you know that that would cause a much closer to a rage quit moment because i'd be like well i was doing fine until i made this mistake that i don't really feel was you know like due to poor planning or poor execution it's just kind of a limitation of the medium and now i am screwed to the point where i don't (laughs) think like like I'm not going to be able to progress any further, you know, like I just think that's, that's game Hendrix. Yeah. You know, and, and to put that in perspective, uh, I think if you played a lot of old games, you would deeply internalize the grid system and you would be like, I know exactly where the grid is because I've just memorized it. And, and I, you know, it's in my muscle memory, just like you would get muscle memory for any modern game or any mid, you know, life game. Um, I have no idea what the hell you would call games from like the PS1 GameCube or PS1, PS2 GameCube era. And I just called them midlife and that feels super wrong. What? Millennial games. Yeah. Millennial games. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I I just made that up, but I hope it becomes a thing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not happy with any of this, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I feel like you would start to, you know, internalize the grid and then you would know, like, you'd be better at saying like, if I fire at this angle, I will hit that enemy or I won't. Right. Which is fine. Um, the problem is, uh, that is one of, it's an example of a thing that aged really poorly because you're used to being able to make super fine adjustments where you don't only shoot at, you know, like 12 and three and six and nine. You can also shoot at like quarter after 12. Right. And like, Mm or 1201 or 1201 in 15 seconds and having like that hyper, you know, fine grain control and then games, even having engines to adjust where it's like, well, you were off by a tiny bit, but we're going to like roadrunner physics that into hitting them, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Right. Whereas games of this era just didn't make some of those design decisions. And in a lot of cases, couldn't make some of those design decisions, but it does age the game in a way that makes it a little bit less fun. And I tell you all that to tell you this, um, I watched a speed run of this game cause I was just kind of curious and, mm-hmm. uh, because your health is also on a timer, which we'll jump into in a second. Uh, the mm-hmm. only way to speed run this game is to not fight because this game has two really fascinating mechanics. 
Uh, one is your health is also the timer that's just constantly counting down. Mm-hmm. And also, if you physically collide with an enemy, you lose health, but they disappear. Hmm. So, you know, I think I went so far out of my... Now that you mention it, yes, that is true. But I just, you know, I don't think I actually registered it because, I, first of all, I was, like, attacking always. Yeah. You know, because there's no real penalty for doing that. So I think I just assumed that it was like my sword that hit them. But now that I'm thinking about it when they flank me too, they would also disappear. I just was yeah. so, swinging wild. So you, I didn't really think about yeah, it. Yeah. So you can definitely be mobbed to death. Um, and it's not every enemy, like some of the more powerful enemies. I don't think you can just face plant into them to their demise because they, they will give you more damage than face planting apparently does, but you can kill certain enemies, especially like the ghosts by just plowing into them. And when you watch someone do a speed run, it's almost like they don't even have a weapon because since delaying to engage in combat makes you lose life, even if you are winning and not getting hit, the fact that time is passing is making you essentially take damage. All the speed runs are even more. I know they're trying to finish the game quickly, but like they're even more disincentivized to engage in combat. Cause it's like, not only would that waste time, but it will also weaken me. Whereas if I just plow through this field of ghosts because the exit is on the other side of that field, that is actually a, a way to retain more health than if I fought them all off because I would be dying while I'm fighting. Like it's, it's an interesting kind of choice. And mm-hmm. so knowing that this used to be a quarter munching arcade game makes the timer thing make a lot more sense, but it it's, I can't say it's a bad design choice, but it's an interesting one. Like that your health and timer are just one, one number. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, and I do want to briefly touch on the beautiful metaphor that that is, you know, which is that like, like the minute you you are born into this world, you begin to die. And, you know, you can try to do different interventions to stave off death, but not only does interacting with things that are harmful to you hurt you, but by sheer virtue of drawing breath, you inch ever closer to your own demise is uh, pretty pretty grim. So can, for, uh... can, can I have, a, can I have a, a vulnerable moment with you here? So, sure. So when I was thinking about this mechanic, I was like, oh man, it's, it's like you're you're in this like dungeon and this world is like full of monsters and just being there is like sucking the life out of you but like you're doing the right thing. And I was like that that's kind of a cool mechanic like you're in like the dark world where the monsters are and just being there kind of kills you. But no, making it like a grand like life is hard and this kind of life is much harder on you. That is the way more obvious and beautiful metaphor and like i kind of feel stupid for not going there <laughs> like this like this as soon as you started to say that i was just like god damn it like <laughs> yeah no yes i totally came to that on my own of, of, of course well i mean to be fair you went to more of like the the darkest dungeon place where you know like just being in the dungeon stresses you out yeah and, but as if you know. being in your house comfortable you're not like aging and dying like <laughs> It was like from uh, Futurama. It's like, no, I'm obviously human. I also age. See? <laughs> but yes, yeah. So um, so that that metaphor aside, I did think it was a very interesting design choice. Um, I Again, good or, or bad, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't 
but I mean, at the same point in time, I, I didn't like it just because my skill level is is not where it used to be uh, or needs to be, obviously, to play this game. But um, but I thought I did I did kind of like the idea that you know, like you said, is it is it it's a trade off, right? So you can sit there. For example, there would be times when I would be just mobbed by mobs, you know, and so I'd just be swinging wild and just firing my axe at, or, or sword or staff or bow, or whatever, and everything, right? Just like laying waste everything. I'm like, yeah, and I felt like Rambo on top of the mound, you know, just like killing everything. I'm like, I'm still losing though, mm-hmm. you know, and actually that that could be another, you know, kind of like a great like management tool where it's just kind of like, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know you can sit there and and hemorrhage time at a problem and be solving that problem, but at the same point in time, if you're not moving towards your greater goal, then you are still losing. You know, yeah, it's a it's the the band aid solution of killing these monsters and maybe even destroying that monster generator. But if you don't stop the evil wizard guy, I can't remember what his name is. It's something with an R. If you or, Gandalf. Uh, no, is this the world something with an R? Yeah. If you don't stop Gandalf, <laughs> then um, I believe his name is Gandalf Calrissian and you have to return the one true ring to, uh, to the Battlestar Galactica, right? Yeah, no, that all sounds right. So, <laughs> so if you don't stop uh, Gandalf, um, you, you die, right? Like you, if you if you have a paper cut that you are diligently applying Neosporin to, while your leg has been amputated but not like closed up, then that that problem will be the one that kills you, not the unattended to paper cut. And uh, I I think like there is definitely an element of that, but they introduced that element at the Nest version because the Atari one is definitely the nihilist of like everybody dies <laughs> like yep. no matter how successful of a warrior you are no matter how much mm, food you eat like every every everybody dies um but in the the nest version and and i think some of the subsequent re-releases like on pc um there is a story there is an objective and now it becomes resource management with a destination because resource management where you are trying to live the longest possible life is an incredibly different proposition because in a video game, if you beat the last boss with one HP, you beat the game in mm-hmm. a, a, uh, what do you call it? Like a sustenance model. We're just trying to beat the clock. Then one HP is just the last second before zero HP, which is when you die. Right? So there's, there's not just different goals, but the entire way you deal with all of the mechanics that support those goals is entirely kind of tossed on its head. And I prefer a story-driven game. Like, I, I think you do too, but I don't know if some of these mechanics are ideal for a story-based game. No, no. I think it's way more st- steeped in nihilism uh, is, is the better <laughs> way to go. And I think that you you kind of you, – you mentioned something like this before – um, I don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was just when we were chatting, but but basically, like, uh, there's, I, I think it's called like the tourist effect or something like that. When you know people will go to a impoverished country and you know for like a month or two. And oh, it's like, uh, oh, uh, po- poverty tourism. Poverty tourism, right? And so it's just kind of like, oh, well, now I know what it's like to to really be in that situation. It's like you don't because you knew it was going to end, you know. Yeah. 
like that in and of itself completely reframes the the entire situation and so similarly with this game where it's just kind of like knowing that the game has an end completely reframes the way that you attack it because i'll tell you what man i i (laughs) the phrase pyrrhic victory is thrown around (laughs) all too much these days but I can't tell you how many battles that I won, but I, you know, like walked away from it being like, eh, probably wasn't the hill to die on, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's definitely, I, I will give the game this. It is a mechanic that you don't see regularly. And I do think that they executed on it well, you know? Um, I, I, I'm still out on whether or not I like it as a mechanic, um, but it is definitely a unique one to be sure, you know? Well, and there's, there's some lipstick you could put on it that I think might change the way the player feels about it. Because if you, if you say, Oh, this is your health. And the reason it's always degrading is because being in the dark world you know, sucks the life out of you. So you need to be there as little as possible, but you have a job to do, right? Like that might make a person feel different. And then on the flip side, uh, you might say something like, oh, you don't have health. You're an invincible super warrior. But whenever any of the monsters touch you, it saps away the amount of time you can be in the dark world. So you have to pick up these magic orbs that give you more time in the dark world, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's, and it's, it's literally the exact same mechanic, but it's just presented in a different way. And you could mix up the visuals and say like, Oh, you're in a pinball game. And every time you touch this thing, you get more uses of the flippers, right? Like it's, it's the same kind of idea. I just think it's, it's interesting in a game that is obviously derived from fantasy and is obviously derived from tabletop and video game RPGs to tie your health directly to the timer. But Ooh, the th- ooh, oh, sorry. No, oh no, sorry. you you interrupt, sir. You do it. Sorry. No, no, I just I just had an exciting thought. It's like so we it, it's health. It's obviously health. Yes, it's, it's, it's health. It's health. It's little hearts, yeah. But health hearts and food. Yeah. But what if what if it was sanity, right? <laughs> so now it is darkest dungeon. <laughs> now it is darkest dungeon. But no 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 because not only like like so the idea is that like you know you're slowly going mad as you know you you're going through this dark dungeon right and interacting with fiends you know continues to tax your sanity and food gives you sanity because it just gives you that respite right yeah no totally i mean you could uh you could really drive on a stake into that heart metaphor and be like well it is literally like your ability to take heart like yes. it's your it's your willpower to keep it together in this horrible situation. Yeah. Sorry. I just, that, that, that just hit me where it, it, what made me so excited was the fact that it's like food could restore sanity. It doesn't necessarily have to be health. Like you could just eat and it makes you feel better. Absolutely. And, and the, <laughs> the, the last thing I was going to say about it is just that it's, uh, regardless of the theming around it, um, regardless of whether or not it is necessarily a good or bad mechanic, something it definitely has going for it is that it is way, way simpler than having to manage more things. Because if you also had to manage a timer in addition to health, it's like, well, 
now what am I going to prioritize? Am I looking for things that restore health because I suck at fighting? Or am I looking for things that restore time because I want to explore more? And it's just like, no, there's just one. There's one big number, and that number is constantly counting down, and these things make it count down faster, and these things restore some of it. Like, And that's it, there, there's something to be said for, like I said, theming aside, the simplicity of here is the resource you have to manage. It is the one true resource because it is the only resource. You have unlimited oh. of whatever your weapon is. You do have bo- or it's magic. You do have area of effect weapons, but, you know, whatever. It is it is the resource that is the alpha and the omega is the beginning and the end. All of those who drink from the water of life can drink freely from it. That's right. Yes. Yes. The the hearts and the mm, food. Mm. Um so one thing that I this is like a throwaway kind of just thing that I noticed. Um and and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I just I I don't know why I decided to go delve deep on this is so um each of the characters have like stats, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's typical RPG fare. And they do seem um, to actually matter. No, they 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 do they do like the the warrior is more sluggish, you know, like because he doesn't move as far. He takes um you know, but he he deals damage and t- he deals damage faster and takes less damage than like the wizard. Um, all of that's true. Uh, here's the interesting thing though, is that the mage and the warrior's abilities sum to twelve. The Valkyrie and the Archer sum to 13. Hmm. So you actually get an additional ability point if you're playing the Valkyrie or the Archer. I Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I want you to explain to me why you noticed that. <laughs> because <laughs> that's obviously, I mean, math is math, right? Like you can't, sure. you can't unarithmetic it. But that makes me wonder <laughs> if that was an intentional choice to give them a higher stat total, or if it was an artifact of them playtesting, and maybe they were like, well, if we knock their whatever stat down by one more, it kind of sucks too much. And so to make those two characters balanced in the way they wanted them to be balanced, they end up having a higher total. Like, I mean, it could just be an accident, but I, I don't think it is. I think it happened through some, organic design process but how did you notice that why did you notice that (laughs) well because so i was i was trying to pick what character i wanted to play as right and so i was just kind of like okay well this character's got you know a little bit more health or defense this one has like more attack and all this sort of stuff and then i don't know i don't know why i was swapping between two of them you know and then just something in my brain called out and said like hey hey those numbers don't jive man (laughs) And so, because, okay, so, all right, so this is definitely a tangent, um, but I don't know how, like, I don't, okay, I don't know how most people do math, um, but I know that the way I do it is, like, when I look at numbers, it, like, they fit together. It's weird. Like, I don't know how to tell you. So, like, I kind of was hoping you were just going to stop it when I look at numbers. (laughs) So, like, for example, like, like, seven and three add to ten, right? Mm. So, to me, like, Yes, that's correct. Thank you. No, th- thank you for literally checking my math on that one. But, but so to me, like the three sits on top of the seven and those two numbers fit together and that makes a 10. Oh, like, yeah. The, um, you know, I, I can't speak so, for the rest of humanity. I don't tend to think of numbers that way, but I think a lot of people think of if if they can make a nicer set or a nicer round number, I think people 
jump to that because humans like we're we're good pattern matchers. Right. And so basically when I was swapping between because I was swapping between the Valkyrie and the Warrior back and forth, right? Is I just saw like the Warrior, I just saw like, okay, these this set makes a 10, and then this is this is 12, right? And I swapped back to the Valkyrie and it just didn't jive like that, which made me actually like write it down. And I was like, wait, that sums to 13. And then I then I went down the rabbit hole. Hmm. But yeah, and, and if I had to guess, um, I would guess that movement is not weighted as heavily, you know, hmm. or that there's a stat that where they say like, okay, well, attack, attack, defense, and this one other stat, like they always jive. And then the movement one, like it takes more movement in order to be considered to be a stat point because they didn't feel that it play tested as well or what have you. But yeah, but technically the Valkyrie and the Archer are slightly more powerful. So this uh, raises a question that when we play games like this, I notice we sometimes completely ignore uh, who, who was your primary play? Cause it sounded like you tried everybody, but who, who was your go-to? Uh, the Valkyrie. Yeah. E- yeah. Explain uh, yourself. Cause <laughs> I did, I did not care for the way she handled. Uh, she's faster. Um, so like I played mostly the Valkyrie and the warrior. I think I touched the other two and I was just kind of like, yeah, fine. Um, but yeah, no, I liked the, um, yeah, I just I, I like the fact that she because like the warrior just felt really sluggish to me. But really the fact that sluggish. She could, yeah, the fact that she could just jam around that fast. I, I think, like you said, like even with the, the speed runners, like they don't engage. You know, I kind of realized that I could get around situations easier. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my main play. How about you? The Robin Hood. Robin Hood because yeah. he's the fastest, and I frequently found myself in situations where I was like, "Gotta run, gotta run, gotta run." Gotta go, fast. gotta go fast yes lots of <laughs> which i mean probably says something about the way i play the game right because if i was awesome at the combat mechanic then maybe i would lean toward like the warrior but no i absolutely as soon as because like i said i don't have super clear memories of playing this as a kid but i have crystal clear memories of being robin hood so like <laughs> the second we decided we were going to play this game i was like i'm going to play as the archer i will try everybody else because I'm going to be thorough, but I am positive. And like the second I started playing as the warrior, I literally just marched him to his death. Like <laughs> once I saw how slowly he moved, I was just like, yes. you are going to die in glorious combat, my friend, because I cannot live in this life a second longer than I have to. <laughs> yeah. I think that for me, um, the only reason why I didn't go for the archer was just, and, and to be fair, I'm not to be emulated. I did not get far in this game, but uh <laughs> Um, yeah, it was just, you know, I was just like, oh, you know, cause I, I think that mostly I was like, I, I normally, okay. So you know, peek, peek behind the curtain. You know, this, <laughs> not all of our listeners do. I hate Archer. You super I hate, hate Archer. I wondered I if you were going to bring that up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I super hate Archers. Like, and I remember when, when you found out about this, cause I think I was playing like some Lord of the Rings game or something like that. Oh yeah. They, oh, that poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, and they force you to have an archer, and I was like, "Oh, this this guy," and so I, just, <laughs> and then I just because we were both playing different video games, you'd occasionally hear me from the pink alley like, "Oh, good, the archer leveled up, guess he can shoot more of nothing," <laughs> and then you like turn to me, you're like, "Why do you hate the archers so much?" I'm like, "Because they're cowards," <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, so I really hope Megan doesn't listen to this one. Um, for the record, Legolas is the clear exception to this. Um, yes. I have nothing bad to say about Legolas. He is a god amongst men and amongst gods. He is king. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> anyways, 
um the but yeah so the valkyrie was between the valkyrie and the warrior like the valkyrie is definitely the go-to because the warrior is just unbearably slow no the the warrior is unbearably slow which i think for a patient player might be a tolerable thing the the wizard really felt like if there was a mechanic that you could capitalize on for the right play style with the wizard i do not know what it is he's he's not (laughs) he's not so fast that it's like oh well obviously he doesn't do so much damage that it's like oh well obviously and everyone has a ranged attack so right the the only thing i can come up with because i played the wizard and he dies like just a strong breeze knocks him over so the the only thing I can come up with, and I'm I'm guessing here, I don't actually know if this is true, is maybe when he collects magic drops, he gets more, or when he uses magic, it drains less of his magic, because I, I don't, he's weaker than the other fighters, he's not the fastest, and he takes the most damage, I don't know what his, unless the magic just does so much more damage when he uses it. I, I, what what is his redeeming quality? <laughs> uh, he's he's got a he's got a beard. He does have a beard. Yes, it's it's a nice beard. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I didn't really understand the wizard either. Um, so again, you know, uh, between wizard, warrior, and Valkyrie, because um, I'm definitely not playing the archer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Valkyrie was my go-to. Um. One other thing that I, uh, I mean, I've got a couple of other things I want to talk about, but um, I thought that it was an interesting choice that you fire faster. You know, what I'm saying like the closer things are to you, you know, like that you fire. Like basically, there can be like one unit of projectile on the screen at a time, and thus you fire way faster when they're closer. Yes, to you. which I I have a gut feeling is an artifact of the computers and not an intentional design choice where they were like, there will only be one projectile for these design reasons. It really feels like there can be only one projectile. (laughs) So the sooner that one projectile is no longer being computed, the faster we can send out another one. So when you're standing right next to a monster or a monster generator or a wall, you can fire like a hundred times a second. Like it's so fast. It's so fast. To be fair, I think that they, if they really felt that that was bad, they probably could have truncated it on the back end and been like, you can fire like at most one projectile and then at like, like at most one projectile and then like also on the other end, like curtailed it on the back end. But I did think that the fact that they left the fact that, you know, when you are being overrun, you can fire like gangbusters, but then like if you're trying to snipe at people, that's kind of more of a chore. So, um, so yeah, I thought that that was kind of choice or not. I thought it was an interesting, uh, interesting mechanic in that sense because I thought it was kind of well balanced. You know, because the more you were to being overwhelmed, the more you could deal with that, which was kind of nice. yeah. And and I think I I really feel just because of the how rapidly you fire when stuff is right on top of you, it's like mm, it feels like a clock speed issue. But oh, yeah. um, but the fact that it then works within the design of the game. And uh, because to your point about as you're being overwhelmed, um, it is not immediately obvious to a new player that monsters never stop coming because those little generators never stop generating monsters. So you now have to ask yourself, 
do I want to get to the exit as quickly as possible? Do I want to destroy this monster generator and explore this level to look for stuff? Like, what am I optimizing for? What do I care about? What do I want to get out of this gameplay experience? Am I mad at this mob and I just want to go into their house and burn it down? Like, it's, there's, right, there, there's kind of conflicting uh, player incentives. And because the game incentives are mixed, right? Like, part of you is just trying to live longer and then there is sort of a story in the NES version. So it's like the game kind of has its ideas about what it wants me to do, but I also have a lot of freedom to decide what I want to do. Um, it, it fits really well with that. Like it, the, the mechanic intentional or not fits really, really well with the realities of the technology, but also with the realities of the game design, the, the intentional game design. Agreed. I, I have one one other me- mechanical thing, um, and then I'm 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 good. <laughs> but, uh, is yeah is um it, and this is just something that we've we've seen it in other games, but God, it just drives me off the wall. Which is as we were just discussing, know the limitations of the the hardware mm-hmm. that you're working on, and don't put so many mobs on the screen that the entire game comes to a grinding halt. It just there was at least half a dozen times where I'd just be like, all right, well, I'm just going to go from point A to point. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, there just, there just didn't need to be this many mobs on the screen. I don't know how you would have fixed it, but you needed to fix it. Yeah. You know? And that, that is one of those things that I, I can't say for sure, but it may have been less of an egregious problem on a more powerful arcade cabinet. I, I suspect it was still a problem because arcade cabinets were more powerful, but they weren't like a hundred times more powerful. <laughs> um, so it, I, right. I suspect it still would have happened eventually, but it felt like you only had to be distracted by a squirrel for a couple seconds before, because a lot of the times the monster generators are on the other side of a wall, but the monsters are stupid mm-hmm. and have no pathfinding. So they just, they come straight towards you, which means they will just pile up on the other side of a wall until the room they're in is com- literally completely full. And it's, it's kind of gross and weird like visually, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, if, if you are distracted for even just a couple of seconds, several monster generators will just puke monsters into the room to where it's like two or three frames per second, like in degradation, yeah. like it's really bad. Yeah. And like, it's like it, a lot of games that we have played have done it. This one, I think, has been the worst so far because most of the times when games do it, it's been stuff like um, bullet hell games, you know, where I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, like everything slowed down a little bit so I can kind of dodge around or the one that one scene in Chrono Trigger where all the people are dancing like what? Yeah, that that is. (laughs) And the fact that it's like the end of the game. Where it's like, and, yeah. and the game just, <laughs> just crashes. It the frame rate just absolutely crashes. It's really a bummer. <laughs> it, yeah, it was just such a weird choice. Where it's just such an immaculate game. They're like, you know, what we're gonna do at the very end that last sweet taste we want to leave in your mouth yeah. is the frame rate crashing to hell for no good reason. Yeah, dude, I've been playing that game for twenty but, um, years, and that still bugs me. Like it, it bugged <laughs> me when I was ten, and it bugs me in my thirties. Yep, but, like on your deathbed, it's gonna be like. Pop pop. What, what do you remember most in life? Oh, I just really hated the end trigger. <laughs> I just, I wish I had spent less time at the office. I wish I had spent more time outdoors. And also, what was up with the frame rate at this the end of Crunch? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
He died as he lived, um, hating the end of Chrono Trigger. No, <laughs> and I, at least not all of the endings, because that game has like forty-seven endings. So at least not all of the endings make you go into the Millennium Fair. Um, the the one other it, thing I want to make sure we talk about with mechanics, and not because there's a ton to say, but just because it's an important thing to mention. This game has no power ups to speak of. It has no. Um, items you acquire right like you don't get any stronger you can just recover health by eating mm, food and then you mm. you march ever onward right and if it's the arcade version you march until you die if it's the nest version you eventually try and beat the game um but there are two things happening in the nest version that super matter one is that there's passwords which i thought was Interesting because they do not make it obvious how to get to the password screen. You just have to know the button combination on the start screen to get to the password screen. The other thing is, uh, and I don't think either of us experienced this personally. I had to observe this through other more skilled players. Um, did you know that the map it shows you in between levels is an actual map that you need to actually care about because later levels have multiple exits and depending on the exit you take, you go to a different room. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yes. here, here's no. the thing. No. This game has literally like a hundred levels or a hundred screens, I guess. Um, and, you don't have to go through all of them because one, there are passwords and two, depending on which exit you take from a level, you might jump like three or four levels ahead. And then you might take an exit that sends you like back a couple levels because you went the wrong way. And like, it's not brutal. Like it's oh, not God. super easy to get like wildly lost. Most exits make you progress forward. Um, in fact, I think almost all of them make you progress forward. So it's not like you're, you're in a hedge maze, but the thing is, in a world where there is an end goal, knowing that matters hot because you're actually trying to get somewhere. In a world where you're just trying to live and get the highest possible score, it matters almost not at all. Like, you might want to get to the treasure rooms right. to boost your score, and if you miss a treasure room, you might be pissy about it, but generally you're just trying not to die. Right. Yeah, no, that's... Like I said, like I did not get as far as I'd like to have in this game, just because I just, uh, God, it's just, it's, it's, it's punishing, and you know, like I was like, yeah, I, I played all the characters, and I just, I literally, I think, got to the same level plus or minus one level every time, and I'm like, not getting any better. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, that 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 is is very interesting. I, uh, it's, uh, you know, I mean, to be honest, like you said, is that probably when it was an arcade cabinet. It didn't matter because you were just going for the high score. And then they just ported it and then and, and decided to just start doing that sweet, sweet cocaine. This feels, well, I mean, all those quarters. I mean, I don't know how drug dealers feel about taking quarters in turn for drugs. But anyway. Um, Legal tender. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, I don't know. It's a lot of quarters. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, is this a thing that, cause I don't know how they would handle this in the arcade, but is this a thing that like, if I had the original instruction manual, it would say like how the map works because, and like how to get to the password screen, because the game does not tell you those things. It does not, it literally does not surface in any way how you get to the password screen that I saw. 
and it doesn't tell you how the map works. So yeah, you could, and maybe even should discern through gameplay, like, oh, when I went through this exit, I actually went, there were two exits in this room, and I noticed that going to this exit actually took me to a different room, right? Like, you probably should notice that through gameplay, but, I mean, I didn't, like, and I'm not saying, like, because I didn't notice it's bad design, I'm saying I didn't notice, and I'm not sure how much playing I would have had to have done to notice certainly more than I did, which was not an insubstantial amount. I mean, I got in, you know, my full commitment to gauntlet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm not sure. Uh, again, again, I just think that they, they just kind of ported it over and then just went to lunch, you know, it's like, yeah, eh, you know, done. Uh, Cause like you said, like in the arcade cabinet, there definitely weren't passwords. Um, and, or it would be my guess. And, um, and again, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter whether you're going forwards or backwards. In fact, in the non-arcade, in the arcade version, it might actually be better to go back because then theoretically the difficulty's decreasing. Um, yeah, and if maybe you can hit but, treasure rooms multiple times if you're able to backtrack. I, I, do, I don't know how robust your ability to traverse the map is because that's that's so laughably outside my skill level. It's like... I'm sure someone has done yeah. this math and it's on game facts, but I was certainly not going to discern this knowledge myself. Certainly yeah. not. But with all that said, does it hold up? So for me, no, um, it doesn't hold up because it's way too damn hard. And I have very specific nostalgia goggles for this game. And if you have like really strong nostalgia goggles, I think you would enjoy playing this. Handing this to someone now, I think is they they wouldn't enjoy it. Fortunately, you could do it to somebody you don't like. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> fortunately, there's like eight games in this series, several of which are very modern. So if you like the idea of this kind of game, then you could play like a more modern, hopefully more polished version. And on that point, I kind of want to stress, even though I didn't super love playing this, and even though I wouldn't fall all over myself to recommend this to a friend. <laughs> um, I kind of do admire like the long view of game design that these designers obviously had. This is a ridiculously sprawling world where every single screen is, this is not a roguelike. Like each of the screens is designed by hand to look and feel a specific way. And there are probably intentional optimal routes through each level, but then there's multiple alternative routes through most of the levels. Uh, the, the noise or the noise, the sound effects, uh, not interfering with the music shows that like they were thinking about like rich sound effects and rich music, the visuals being varied in the way they were varied where it's like, Oh, we have these different monsters and it needs to be obvious that they do different things. So we're going to make sure they look different and having like rich color palettes across different level designs so that it doesn't feel too samey across a hundred freaking levels is like you could tell they had tremendously grand ambitions about where action RPGs would eventually be. And we're just limited by the, the game's literacy and design options or the design literacy of the time. And then obviously by the hardware, but there's, there's a lot of really smart forward looking things happening in this game, despite the fact that I have no interest in playing it again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean honestly like d- does it hold up um y- yes i i think um in 
for for me at least, I think that um, it does in the way that y- 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 I, I don't know. Like, like, did I enjoy playing this? No. Um, I definitely think that anybody, I'd recommend it to people. Anybody who's like, I, I really, really just want a challenge. It's like you want to you want a game that's based on challenge that is holy crap hard. Play this game. I would also recommend it to any anybody because you hear this happen from time to time. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and it just, I, I think it's just, it frustrates me because I think it's antithetical to making good games where it's just like, oh, they just don't make hard games like they used to, you know, like, like I miss, I miss hard games. It's like, no, you don't, <laughs> you, you, you really don't like, you're not, uh, you know, so, so for somebody's like, oh yeah, you know, like, like, oh man, these games are too easy. It's like, oh, you, do you, do you want a hard game? You know, because I've got one that's got a hundred levels for you. It's, it's gauntlet. You know, just, just just play that. But yeah, man, I I, I don't know. So so with that in mind, I'd say yes. But honestly, I <laughs> if somebody if somebody said to me like um you know like hey do 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 you, do you want to sit down and play this game? I'd be like, dude, you can throw that gauntlet, but I'm not going to pick it up. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creeping With the end of a smile You realize again What you lost for a while You're gonna think back much less 